Hey everybody, thanks for checking out this week's episode of My First Sketch at MyFirstSketch.com. I'm Josh Hyam, and as always, feel free to subscribe to the show on iTunes or on SoundCloud and get it automatically. You can like the podcast on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MyFirstSketch. You can email me at Josh at MyFirstSketch.com, or you can follow me on Twitter at Josh High False. This weekend is the Bechdel Test Fest at the Christ Church Neighborhood House. The shows begin at 7 p.m. on Friday, March 3rd, and 1 p.m. on Saturday, March 4th. Go to BechtelFest.com for more information. Today's guest is a triple threat. She does improv with Pig Dipper, she does sketch with Cups and a Half, and she does stand-up. I talked to Alyssa Truskowski. She brought with her a sketch called Encouragement Bully. I play Ronnie, a guy giving himself a pep talk in the bathroom at work. Quentin J. Alexander plays Gerald, the titular encouragement bully. And Alyssa gives all the visual information and stage directions. So let's go to the sketch. Encouragement bully. Opening scene. Ronnie is standing in the bathroom, looking at himself in the mirror. He looks anxious and slightly crazed. He talks to himself. Okay. No, it's no big deal. You can do this. You can do this. You can do this. You can. Gerald walks into the bathroom. Ronnie, interrupted, gets quiet and pretends to fix his tie and grooms himself. (laughs) My man! Gerald holds, holds his hand up to get a high five. Ronnie looks downward with a mix of shyness and reluctance. Ronnie gives a half-hearted high five. Hey, Gerald. Gerald walks into the bathroom stall. We hear a zip, and we see his pants and his ankles under the stall door. As Gerald walks into the stall, he speaks to Ronnie. Why the long face, Ronaldo? Ronnie visibly rolls his eyes. It's nothing. I'm fine. Gerald speaks in a patronizing, almost unctuous manner. He is polite but condescending. The tone is friendly but off. The audience only sees Ronnie's feet and shins under the bathroom door. He moves his feet when he talks for emphasis. No, no you're not, friend. You were talking to yourself when I got here, uh, giving yourself a little pep talk, buddy. Need a little pep uh, in your step? In the following dialogue, Ronnie makes air quotes and emphasizes his speech were marked. I, I, I'm just about to give my big presentation to the board. Katie's on vacation and her assistant manager, and as her assistant manager, I have to step it up and deliver the goods. Otherwise, I won't get that promotion or maybe have a job. The board is a bunch of babies. They're dumb and they'll try to argue with anything you say. You gotta be a man. Show them you're in control. Oh yeah? Me? In control? Yeah, you gotta be a leader. So what if your wife wears the pants in your relationship and gives you an allowance? You still impress them. Impress them? I don't know how to do that. Of course you don't know how to do that. I'm sure you never impressed anyone with your gir- with those girl arms of yours. But you have to have confidence. You're wearing that power tie that brings out the blue in your eyes. That's a start. Ronnie looks down on his tie and then in the mirror. He responds with uncertainty to Gerald's backhanded compliments. Uh, gee, thanks, Gerald. Let me give you some advice, Mano. Two, Mano. You can be that guy. You can win them over. Take pride in in knowing how, to, how prepared you are. No one's gonna notice that you st- stutter when you speak in public. Ronnie mouths the word stutter in confusion and disbelief after Gerald says it. He looks in the mirror, points to himself, and says stutter with incredulity. 
The toilet flushes. We see the pants being pulled up, and Gerald walks out of the stall. He walks up to Ronnie and, without washing his hands, pats Ronnie on the face three times, the third time nearly slapping him. Ronnie is making a face of disgust and fear, knowing Gerald didn't wash his hands and is now touching his face. You're going to do great, you big sissy. Scene end. Hey, Alyssa. Hi. So tell me about this idea. Oh. Encouragement bully. Yeah. So we had to write a character sketch for two for 101. Okay. Um, so this was the sketch. This is the first draft of the sketch I wrote for that class. So this is 101 at Fit? Yeah. And who did you take 101 with? Brian Kelly. Okay. Um, because you also sent me your parody which was the real first sketch. Which I was ever the did. real first sketch, but it would not have worked as on an audio forum. So we're fibbing and saying this is. Yeah, I mean. Your your parody is a Willy Wonka liberal arts degree. Diploma mill. Di- yeah. Yeah. Which. Yep. He has a factory, but it's, it's a, a diploma mill. It's a fun parody, but it's very visual and just. Yeah, it's that's also the first. It might even be the second draft, but then. I refitted it to be potentially for the stage, mm-hmm. but um, that was many months after. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, because uh, and I don't know if anyone wants to hear me or Quentin sing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A song set a to song. pure imagination. I think it was. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah. No one wants to hear me sing, so that's definitely not out. Uh, so, what? Where do you start with taking 101 at Fit with Brian Kelly? So I... Or roughly, let's start with when. When was this? Oh, it was... Um, it must have been like a year ago. Okay. Yeah, it was probably a year ago. I... Maybe a little less. I started taking improv there, and I really liked it, and I decided to switch it up and take sketch. Because um, I really wanted to take sketch, but I also didn't really want to have homework. <laughs> so I took like, I think one or two levels of improv first, and then I decided to switch it up. All right, so improv, who, who are you taking improv with? Who's 101? I took 101 with Tara Demi, who's okay. awesome. And then I took 201 with Jess Snow, who's also awesome. Mm-hmm. And then 301 with Mike Marbach, who was great. And 301 would have been after the so sketch? So I took 101. Um, 101, I think I took 201. I took sketch and then a break, and mm-hmm. then 301. Okay. So I had, like, a little bit of a break. So that's where you're at. You're at. Yeah, I started, um, my 201 class was mostly my 101 class, so we started an indie team. And Which we were was practicing called? Pig Dipper. Okay. So we've been doing that since April last year. Okay. And so I was able to take some time between taking 201 and 301. Um, and you also do stand-up. Yes. Is, when when did that start? So like? I started doing stand-up in August of 2015. That's the first thing I started doing. Okay. So actually, if I go back, I took a like a workshop at Helium with the Philly Comedy Academy. Uh, Is that the Trackman yeah, one? Yes, the Trackman class. Okay. So I took a, an intro thing there that was like a, like you pay like $30 and you get like a talk basically to convince you to take the class. Okay. Um, and it worked. I took that class <laughs> <laughs> and it was great. It helped me a lot actually. Um, and then I had also taken like Fitz, uh, intro workshop that weekend. Cause I had like 
a couple days off of work, so I took stuff during the day. Just hang out in the city all day. Yeah, so that was good. Or all weekend. Yeah, and then I was like, oh, I'll try this at some point. And um, I started doing stand-up, and I really decided to do improv because I wanted to get more comfortable on the stage. Okay. Um, so you mentioned, as we were talking about what you were going to bring, uh, about bringing your first set of jokes Oh, your yeah. first set of stand-up jokes. Yeah. Do you remember the first stand-up joke that you wrote? I mean, I still tell a lot of them. Oh, okay. So for my first set. So, like, the f- one that um, really worked the first time was, uh, my mom loves a good deal. She gets everything, buy one, get one free. And then I list a couple things off. And then, it's so it's like, now it's pork chops, bottles of laundry detergent, Korean babies. And yeah. then I tell a bunch of jokes about being adopted. Okay, so... All right, so now we're going to segue because yeah. you gave me a, a good way of segueing. Okay. What made you laugh growing up? Um, oh, I don't know. It made me laugh. Uh, I don't know. I really liked cartoons a lot. Mm-hmm. So, And I really liked the – I liked um, – the mix of uh, really stupid dumb humor or I like super smart humor. I don't yeah. know if that like those two things would make me laugh either the dumbest thing possible or like something where I'm like, Oh, I'm in on this joke. This is great. But like what, what, what's cartoons, which was there a specific one that was your favorite? I really liked, um, tiny tunes when I was a kid. Okay. Yeah. Tiny tunes was like my favorite. Um, have you revisited tiny tunes like as an adult? No, I think about it sometimes, and I kind of am, I'm worried that I'll be disappointed. I also really liked Ren and Stimpy. See, like I, I I say that because I think you can watch Tiny Toons and Animaniacs. Mm-hmm. I loved Animaniacs uh, again later because their humor wasn't set for children. Yeah, there's a lot of like there's a lot of like movie parodies in Animaniacs specifically because yeah. I know that I know that for sure because I was on Netflix for a while, so I watched a bunch <laughs> of those. That there's no reason a children a child should know that joke. <laughs> like that has to be independently funny because if you're a child and you've watched the uh, and you've watched Goodfellas or Godfather, right. you have terrible parents. Like right. I feel like though Tiny Toons <laughs> was a parody of Looney Tunes. Yes. So like I watched a lot of Looney Tunes and then and they were fine, but then I was like, oh, I'm more in on this joke now because. I saw them do it in Looney Tunes, and I know it means something else in the world. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there's, uh, and I don't think I've seen it since. I probably saw it as a kid, but apparently there's a, a Tiny Tunes episode where Buster gets drunk. Oh, yeah. I've, like, I think we remember that, yeah. And I, I, and I know that there's a thing online that, like, how did this happen, like, as a kid? Like, how did we see this? How, <laughs> how did they make this? Or uh, the... The, the finale movie. I think it was the, the they made a movie as the finale. The how I spent my summer vacation. Yeah. Have you, do you? I remember that. Yeah, I remember renting that movie. Oh, uh, because I had it. Okay. Like it was a, it was a Christmas <laughs> present one year, and I and I it was one of those tapes that I watched constantly. And there's a joke in there that again it's kid kid joke, adult joke, yeah, inappropriate joke, <laughs> and it really borders on inappropriate joke where. Uh, Buster and Babs are, you know, adrift on the river, and they they find that family of alligators or crocodiles or whatever mm-hmm. they are, and and the the crocodile dad is trying to get Buster to marry one of his daughters. Oh yeah. To eat, and then they're gonna eat them after yeah. the wedding. But so at one point he he decides, oh, you can marry all of my daughters, and this is when this is the wordplay that I didn't get as a child. Buster says, "What? But that's big of me." Oh yeah. <laughs> and the crocodile's like, "No, that's big of me." 
And I was like, <laughs> I what? I don't understand what the joke is there. And that's the one thing that really has like, because I again I rewatched it a couple years ago and I was like, holy crap, what are they doing <laughs> on this kids show? All right, so Tiny Toons, what's your first introduction to like sketch comedy? Even though those those cartoons like Animaniacs and Tiny Toons yeah. are kind of sketches. Yeah, I mean, I watched each segment. Was Roundhouse a sketch show? I don't know what that is. So. Okay. Yeah. Like, so Roundhouse was like. What um, is that? It was on Nickelodeon. Okay, that's why and I don't And it know. was like, um, I don't even know. What was that one show that J-Lo danced on? Do you know? In Living Color? Was it? It was kind of like that because it had like music and it had like sketches and they had dancers and like stuff like that. So it was like that. And then later all that was definitely like sketch comedy. Mm-hmm. There was like one show though that was really uh, pivotal for me, which was a little later, which was the Jenny McCarthy show, the sketch show yeah, on okay. MTV. That was one of my favorite shows um, when it was on. Yeah, because she had hosted uh, Singled Out. Singled Out. And then they were like, hey, let's give you your own thing. Yeah. And, and it was a sketch comedy show with musical guests. Um, so what do you remember of the Jenny McCarthy show that like... I just remember like it was... Not that funny. I, I think <laughs> I, I think you're the first one that brought that up. So let's dive in. Let's. It wasn't that funny, but the the thing about it that was supposed to be funny is like I'm this hot lady with huge boobs who is like doing gross things. So right. like the juxtaposition of those three things in different situations was like most of the time what the joke was is what I remember. Hmm. All right, I'm like I'm being rude and looking up. No, it's fine. Roundhouse on Wikipedia because okay. I've never heard of this thing. Tweens, the, but like, the big thing that I noticed were invented. as I scroll down and hit the cast uh, on Wikipedia, mm-hmm. there's a name I recognize from my growing up in the church, Crystal Lewis. Who's so that? one of the cast members on this Roundhouse show that you're making up uh, <laughs> became a Christian pop star. Oh, cool. So that's Yeah, I just remember there were like dancers and music and there were sketches and like, crazy camera like <laughs> zooms and things like that. Um, yeah. All right. Um, so we're going to, even though Jenny McCarthy has nothing to do with sketch comedy, uh, Saturday Night Live, I ask everybody who would be your favorite Saturday Night Live cast member. Um, I just asked someone else. No, I know. You should have done I know. the re- well, You should have think about podcast, it since then. <laughs> and I was thinking about it. So I really like Maya Rudolph. Okay. She's probably my favorite, but I really especially like Maya Rudolph when she and Amy Poehler are together. So, like, the Bronx beat. Yes. I mean, I love Maya like, Rudolph anytime she, like, breaks into some kind of weird song or mm-hmm. is Donatella Versace. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that she's my favorite. Um, she she was really cool, like, that, like it's, it's going to sound really rough to say, but, like, she was a chameleon where she could play, like, any number of people, gender, like, any number of people, backgrounds. Races, ethnicities. It wasn't like, totally not okay. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, like where, I don't know, there's probably certain things where she might be yelled at now to do. Like, Yeah, probably. Um, but she was very versatile and like, yeah, I like her too. Yeah. She's, she's not awesome. my favorite, but I like her. I, I'm okay with that answer. I, you know, I thought about it and then I like was like, oh, I don't know. I was like, I'll just wait to see what I say in the moment. But then like, <laughs> but probably like overall, like solid solid like cast member because yeah. everyone else you like for so many different reasons like um yeah there's so many good ones and she was on the show for a while so it's not yeah. like you're picking some random yeah well really anytime she kind of like break into some kind of weird song and dance kind of thing mm-hmm. um 
I also really liked her. I was really biased towards her, like, to be a fan because of the rentals. Do you remember that band? Nope. Um, one of the guys, uh, Matt Sharp from Weezer, the one, the one who was like had to leave Weezer for a while. Okay. Um, had a band that was him and another woman, and then they sometimes brought in backup singers and other people, and she was one of them. Okay. So I really liked that band, and then she was on SNL. Um, I couldn't have picked John Mulaney, correct? Hmm? I wouldn't have been allowed to pick John Mulaney because you could have. I would. I mean, I that. I love John Mulaney, but I don't. I can't say that I love him from Saturday Night Live. I love him as a person. Right. <laughs> like, that's that's fine too. Yeah. Um, I there's no but I joke that there's no wrong answers. That's not re- really true. There are a couple wrong answers. <laughs> uh, but John Mulaney, like if if they've worked on Saturday Night Live a couple, you know. Oh, I love John Mulaney. That's enough. You know whose Twitter is super good is um Paula Pell's Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Super good. Yeah, and I didn't understand. I didn't realize like because I don't know who writes. Yeah. What sketches? Yeah. <laughs> like I, they don't tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Like it doesn't say at the end. Like this sketch was written by mm-hmm. the cheerleaders was written by Paula Pell. Uh, but apparently every a, a good chunk of the sketches I loved as a kid were Paula Pell sketches. Yeah. Like apparently she just comes in every couple every few weeks and be like, hey, I'm I'm here today. <laughs> Let's write a sketch. Like that's that's her power now, so she can just drop in. Interesting. Um, okay, so sk- you do stand up first. Yeah, so I did stand up. Where does that start? Like, that. where did you first? So I took that class at Helium because I tried to do it in. Pit- I lived in Pittsburgh for ten years, and oh. so I tried to live. Uh, I tried to do it in Pittsburgh, but there's not a good at the time. There wasn't a good comedy scene. The open mics I went to to be like, maybe I'll do this someday, were awful. I was like, yeah. why would anybody do that? Yeah. Uh, I, there, I, I tinkered with the idea of doing stand up for a bit and mm-hmm. like I went to a couple of open mics at Helium and I'm just like, and there was like the really good people that you you can tell have been doing this forever yeah. and people that just got up and did it for their first time yeah. and the gap between those two things were, was terrifying to yeah. me. So I didn't ever did it. Yeah. Um, and Helium's a hard place. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Because like a lot of people, if they go, they bring they do their best jokes. So yeah. people who've been doing it do the best stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not the most, um, I would observe that it's not the most, it's not the place that a lot of people would like volunteer to experiment. Yeah. In. It's not the trying out place. Yeah. It's the yeah best foot forward place. Yeah. Uh, so where else are you doing stand up? Like Ooh. where do you drop in? Um, so I, well, I live in Delaware. So there's a, there's typically a weekly mic in Delaware at this Barcade called 1984 and Brandon Jackson runs that room and it's great like it's a nice place to experiment it's conveniently located so that's like my main place that um, I'll do new stuff in I like to go to honorable mention on Sundays I like um, Raven Lounge is fine Um, it's hard because so I'm doing nice set with um, Beth uh, Betty J Smithsonian Mm -hmm. So we're doing this open mic on one Thursday a month, but um, I have like sketch and improv practices or other things on a lot of nights now. So yeah, like, I'm like really like trying to squeeze. I mostly it's um, I when I get invited to do a show, I try to squeeze new jokes in between proven jokes. Yeah, that's to, like I mean. yeah. So I'm trying to like take some time coming up to do stand up and really focus on that for a little bit. But, okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because you mentioned co- like living in Delaware and c- commuting up yeah. to Philly. Like, I have enough issues coming out of the suburbs. Like, and I'm legitimately in the first train station outside of the city, and I'm already like, 
<sighs> yeah, it's a grind. So how is, like, how? I mean, I, so we used to live on the edge of Delaware, Pennsylvania, so it was a 21-minute drive into Center City mm-hmm. with no traffic. I also worked in Center City and took that train or right. drove it for so long. Um, I now work in Delaware, so it is nice, like, in the morning my commute's, l- like, less. Cause but now. Used, yeah, because when I started I doing comedy, I would literally sit in my office from 5 until 8.30. <laughs> to wait to go do yes. something or go, oh, that yeah. sounds awful. So, yeah, it was kind of, it was. Because you don't want to sit in a bar and, like. Yeah, or, like, you just can't spend money all yeah. day, like, <laughs> buying dinners and things like that. So, um, so yeah, so now it's at least a little nice, but the drive is tough. I drive into the city, like, still five to six nights a week. That's yeah. awful. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh. But we, uh. I'm married and my husband plays music, so we get to run a house and he can play music whenever he wants, and it's okay. great. So, there, it's definitely a trade off. And he works south, uh, he works in Maryland, so Ugh. we have to live like right on the edge of Maryland, Delaware, but so we have to live halfway somewhere. Oh, everything you're describing sounds just terrible. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all, <laughs> but I'm making it work right now. Okay, so what, all right, then what comes first? Is pig drippings? Was that what? <laughs> did I say it wrong? <laughs> I remember there yeah, was a pig part. It's pig dipper. Dipper, okay. Like the big dipper. So I my had... My husband... Wait, so my husband... I had the right consonants, just... You did. My husband, for a long time, thought it was pig one. diaper. Which is just as ridiculous, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, we wanted some kind of space pig theme, uh, yeah. and so that's that's what we came up with. Um, so that came first. Uh, so stand-up, and then pig dipper, and then um, now I have... I'm on two sketch teams. Well, let's start with the one that's active. Okay. That uh, cups and a half. Yeah. Where did where does that how does that start? Oh man, so there? there is a not secret ladies comedy Facebook group for ladies and gender non-conforming people. Right. So uh, we there were some of us who were like new to sketch or had taken some classes and wanted to figure out how to do sketch. So myself and two other people decided to co-host a sketch meetup for the women of this Facebook group. So we did that. All these people were like, we're definitely coming. It's great. And then on the day that it actually happened, it was uh, me, the two other co-hosts, one of our improv team members, and then another person, two other people that I like worked with. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it was a very small group of us. And then all of us from that group, except one person, um, who was in the middle of her first improv class. She was very new to comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are now Cups and a Half. So oh, it's yeah. uh, Christine Honey, Susanna Holub, uh, Alexis Howley, Ruthie Iglesias, and myself. And Jolie and Courtney came to that sketch hangout to kind of be more uh, like veterans who would talk to us about our questions and help answer. Did you, um, did you reach out to them like specifically? They, to, so they saw the post and they were like, we're, like, we're really we're interested. To, like, this is great. And then what was really awesome after that is we did another one and then only Alexis and I showed up for that one, but we were getting ready to submit packets for the fit house team. Right. And so Jolie was there and offered to read our packets and give us some tips. Um, so Jolie and Courtney have been really supportive of cups and a half. And now Jolie's our director. Right. Uh, and you guys debuted at Jolie's new show at Good yep. Good. Yep, in January. Okay, I I keep forgetting that January is like a month ago. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, we haven't been like formally performing that long, but we started in October. Right. Uh, so January 
at the look and then you have the february show at fit opening for goat rodeo which i saw which i enjoyed thank you um we were really actually excited we got approached to open for fit yeah so that was really flattering like we did one thing and then they were like hey i mean some of that might here's, also be because there's not a ton of sketch to like here's two nights yeah exactly Go. i mean we we get it but at the same time it was nice to just be approached like yeah. you didn't have to do anything um so uh then we'll talk about the next one you have you uh submitted a packet and now you are a part of codename bacchus yeah uh so Catherine amrine is the director or mm-hmm. and andrea duffy is the head mm-hmm. and you and a couple other people i've talked to yeah and uh alexis from cups and a half is right. also on that team yeah. uh so you haven't gotten to perform as Bacchus yet, or, you know, whatever Bacchus is going to become. Have you found there to be a problem that you work with Alexis on Cups and a Half and on Bacchus of, like, what material goes where? Yeah, I mean, we've actually talked about it. I would say it's not a... I mean, we have found that that is a thing that we both think about and have to deal with. It's a, it's an asset that we're both on it because we can kind of talk about it. Mm-hmm. And, like, Bacchus is still figuring out its voice. Right. And so there's a lot of – what's nice about that is I feel like I can write sketches that are not what I would automatically just go to. Okay. And so I've been pushing myself in other ways um, for that group, whereas the really specific things I want to say – um, that I've been like hanging on to this whole time, waiting to do sketch like that in the first round of pitches and things like that in cups and a half were things that were like, okay, we're going to come back to this. We're going to write this. We're going to do all this stuff. So it's been great to do both because it has outlet. Like there's one that I feel like is definitely a place where uh, we have developed a really specific group voice as cups already for the, at least for the first like bunch of sketches we're doing in mm-hmm. the spring. But um yeah, so it's nice to just throw things up in the air and see, like, what lands with with Bacchus. And then uh, the other question I would ask is that how do you decide what ideas go to stand-up versus as a sketch? I went to this conference, and they said something that was, like, really poignant, and I apply it to comedy, is that it was a writing conference. It mm-hmm. was... Um, you have to decide what the best vehicle for your idea is. So, like, if something is not a screen, like, if you have an idea and it's a novel, it needs to be a novel. It can't be a screenplay. It can't right. be this. So, I kind of think of the same way. There are things where um, you kind of know or you feel it out or, like, this is a great idea, but not. Um, I talk a lot about myself in stand up. So, that's another thing is it's my specific point of view. Whereas, if I want to play in a world, um, that create, works yeah, for a sketch. Create a different yeah. character, yeah. vice versa. Um, all right, so um, why comedy? What what drives you to do it? What drive what drove you to go on stage the first time to take oh, the improv man. class? I wanted to do it for so long, um, and when I finally did it, I had did that Brad Trackman class, and I had the graduation show, and I was like, oh, this is what I want to do forever. <laughs> like, okay. It's so great to make people laugh and like say specific things that you've been thinking or just communicate, like. It's awesome. It's the thing that I've actually been looking for for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I did a lot of other stuff and like it really was the first thing that ever clicked. And then uh, you're relatively new to the scene, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm sure you've learned something. Mm-hmm. So what's something that you've learned from comedy that you would pass on to someone else that's 
No. Oh man, that's so starting to write. That's starting Joe to. Moore said this thing that I think about a lot, and then there's this other thing that I heard Joe Moore say to somebody else that I was like, oh, I think about that thing too. So, Joe Moore said this thing to me. I did a a writing workshop at Fit with Rich Tallarico. Okay. That like yeah. one that he had people. So there were a bunch of awesome people. It was cool to share a table with so many people who are you know sketch veterans. Mm-hmm. Um, but Joe Moore, I was talking through a premise I was trying to like figure out and Joe Moore said, he was like, I think you're punching in the wrong direction. Okay. And I was like, holy shit. Like that's exactly what I'm doing. Like I'm definitely punching in the wrong direction. That's why this isn't funny. Like, um, and it wasn't like I was punching down on like in a way that was like on a person or a personality type or a demographic or a group that was like, Oh, like this is really in poor taste. It was Mm -hmm. just that, um, it was like a sketch about, it was a premise about, oh, I don't even remember now, like a doctor giving a lecture to a patient or something like that. Okay. And it was because she had these strong opinions and he's like, I think you're punching in the wrong direction. I think that this person needs to be, a, this. you need to switch the statuses or whatever. Right. And I was like, oh. So now when I do a sketch and I feel like it's not working or if I'm not sure if it's working, I'll try to like switch things around and see if it has a different angle that works. Okay. Yeah. So change the perspective or like push it farther or like, but then what was the other thing that he said that, Oh, he, so somebody told me that he gave them this advice. And then I, so I think about this like thing that I heard third hand a lot. It's, um, uh, it's that shit. Now I forget it. (sighs) What was it? So, Oh yeah. Don't direct in the script. So as you saw from like, encouragement bully there's like too much information in directing um i still do probably more directing in my scripts now than most people do and that's also because of jolie so like i think about joe moore's like don't just write it don't direct it in the script but then jolie's like if you want to have if you have a clear vision you need to communicate that even if you have to add that in so i feel like that those two things help me find a balance okay yeah sounds good thanks cool thanks You can see Alyssa doing Guilty Pleasures at FIT this Friday at 9 p.m. Then at the Bechtel Test Fest, Guilt Trip, which is the ladies of Pig Dipper, and Cups and a Half both play in the 3 p.m. block. And then in the 8 p.m. block, she will do stand-up. She is also one of the co-hosts of Nice Set, the open mic at O'Shea's on the last Thursday of every month. And then Cups and a Half will be at the Treehouse at Plays and Players Theater on April 1st. And then if you look ahead till May, the new Fit House team, codenamed Bacchus, will debut. And you can actually audition to be an actor for Bacchus. And all that information is at fitcomedy.com. My first sketch is a Philly Sketchfest production. You can find out more information at phillysketchfest.com or on Twitter at phlsketchfest. Also, for more information about comedy in general in Philadelphia, head to woodercooler.com. The music on this episode is by the band Nono, which you can check out at nonoband.bandcamp.com. And of course, like my first sketch on Facebook. This is Josh Hyam. Thanks for listening. Go see some comedy this weekend.